0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino.
1: Folks, the responses yesterday to the Chauvin verdict were just stunning. Stunning. I I, I mean, I had to limit it to just a few, but I'm going to start the show today with the most bizarre, absurd, I mean, in some cases, tragic responses. To the verdict yesterday everybody was glued to their televisions for in the in the Chauvin trial I've got that I've also got another police shooting incident where of course Geraldo had a jump in there Geraldo I'm talking about dopey takes so we got to throw Geraldo in there I've got that um also Ted Cruz just going nuclear on Stacey Abrams yesterday and a hearing in front of Congress you know the fake governor of Georgia today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN your data that's your business. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Listen, I don't have any time to waste. So I'm going to get right to it today. Um, our first sponsor today are our friends at Fast Growing Trees. You probably upgraded a few things around the house after being stuck inside. It makes sense, right? Now it's time to turn your yard into a paradise. We all love nature, right? With fastgrowingtrees.com. Skip the big box stores and head to fastgrowingtrees.com, the world's largest online nursery. No more waiting in lines, messy cars, digging through a lackluster selection. Just go to fastgrowingtrees.com like we did and choose from thousands of varieties of trees, shrubs, and plants expertly curated to thrive in your area, delivered to your door in one or two days. Whether you're looking for shade, privacy, fruit trees, or just added color for your yard, every plant is shipped with a well-developed root system ready to explode with new growth. Paula ordered some azaleas, They are, or she once called them years ago, azaleas. And they are beautiful. They're already blooming. We have a picture for you right there if you're watching on video. There's a better way to buy trees and shrub plants for your home and yard. It's fastgrowingtrees.com. Don't wait. Planting season's here. Join over 1 million satisfied gardeners at fastgrowingtrees.com. Plus the 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee means your plants will arrive happy, healthy, and ready for planting. Now, through June 30th, go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bongino. Fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bongino and get 15% off. That's 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bongino, fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bongino. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. So um, yesterday we had the verdict come out, supposed to come out around 4.30 Eastern time, or was it 3.30? It didn't come out till later, but some of the responses to the Derek Chauvin trial, the officer involved in the death of George Floyd, um, Came out yesterday, guilty. He was guilty on a second degree murder, third degree murder, and I believe manslaughter charge as well. He was guilty on all counts. Um, uh, The jury came back with a verdict in, in what I've never seen someone come back so fast. But I'll get to that in a minute. I'll give you my thoughts and what I think the takeaways from the Chauvin trial are. But first, some of the most bizarre responses to this trial, bizarre even by Democrat liberal standards. So bizarre! I want you to see them because I almost don't know what to say about them. First, video of Nancy Pelosi talking about a sacrifice like this was. I don't even know what to say about this one. Uh, Gee, play Nancy Pelosi, please.
2: Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How how heartbreaking was that call out for your mom? i can't breathe but because of you and because of thousands millions of people around the world who came out for justice your name will always be synonymous with justice
1: i'm just gonna let that one stand as is you can form your own opinion about that here's Bizarre, tragic response number two to the Chauvin verdict yesterday. Truckers driving by the courthouse after the verdict. Keep in mind, the verdict was guilty on all charges. All charges. That was the verdict. And you have some protesters. Asked, I don't, what they're protesting, I'm, I'm genuinely not sure. Did you want guilty on charges that weren't charges? Did you want extra charges thrown in at the last minute? I don't know what, what, what the, the protest and what they're anger was about yesterday so here's a trucker just driving outside the courthouse and people decide to attack his truck and try to get at him too here's a short clip of it uh you can see here um guy decides it's a good idea to jump on the uh, front of his truck and bounce around and try to destroy his property uh poor guy's just trying to do his job they're trying as you can see to get in the window of the. The side of the trucker car—I don't know—to to do what? To uh, uh, what are they trying to do to him? Give him a high five? i, 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 I doubt. I doubt that. I, I, again, I—I—I I don't know what that was all about. I—I I don't understand. Was it? Do you object to the guilty plea? Do you want a not guilty plea or a not guilty verdict? I—I I mean, I'm just asking if the protesters would would like to come on. Maybe you can send us a video of your response. What, what were you looking? What were you protesting? Did you want a not guilty verdict? Did you want a, a, an extra guilty verdict? Are we inventing new levels of, of justice? Super extra jumbo guilty? Did we miss something? Here's the craziest of the craziest responses. Again, I had to narrow it down to three. I'll give you my takeaways again in a minute. Now I want to get to Geraldo. Again, totally clueless. Hmm. Um, Let's see if me and Geraldo were on Hannity. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten the email yet. Here is Jason Johnson, one of the most misinformed human beings on planet earth. He's an MSNBC commentator. Just quickly, I have some background with this guy, Jason Johnson, who if, if there's a situation to have an opinion on, you can almost be guaranteed. Jason Johnson's opinion is wrong on it. I debated this guy at Politicon in Los Angeles one time. It's a political convention. Um, about the whole Spygate disaster. And he was so grossly uninformed about the the, uh, the the topic we were debating about, Spygate. Not a joke. That he had to have the moderators save him from just humiliation on the stage. So I have some familiarity with Jason and his profound ignorance. So here's Jason on MSNBC after the verdict. He's not happy with the guilty verdict. I don't know what he wanted. Again, extra super jumbo guilty. I'm not sure. Ch- it was guilty on all charges. But Jason Johnson's not happy. Again, a guy who's, you can almost be guaranteed every time his opinion is going to be the wrong one. He's really upset because he thinks this is just a a nominal degree of justice. Again, listen to this just bizarre, tragic, absurd response to the verdict.
3: Check it out. I'll I'll say this, Nicole. Like I said, I, I actually always thought that he would be found guilty because it's sort of a cultural makeup call. But I'm not happy, I'm not pleased, I don't have any sense of satisfaction, I don't think this is a system working, I don't think this is a good thing. What this says to me is that in order to get a nominal degree of justice in this country, that a black man has to be murdered on air, viewed by the entire world, there have to be a year's worth of protests and a phalanx of other white police officers to tell one white officer that he was wrong in order to get one scintilla of justice. That doesn't make me feel happy. That doesn't make me feel satisfied. It makes me worry about what's going to happen when these other officers are held on trial. It makes me upset all the more that we didn't have this for Breonna Taylor. It makes me concerned about what's going to happen in a trial for Ahmaud Arbery. So, no. I, I mean, this is not the system working. This is a makeup call. This is the justice system trying to say that, hey, this is one bad apple. Because that's how this is going to be interpreted. <laughs>
1: uh. I need a cough button. The man was convicted on all counts. Uh, there were only three possible outcomes, right? Guilty on all counts. Not guilty on all counts. Or guilty on some counts. Is there something I'm missing there? I mean, I think that back. There could have been a mistrial as well. Four possible outcomes. Of those, if you were looking for maximum punishment, the guilty on all counts was the maximum punishment. But Jason Johnson is still not happy. Because again, when you're looking to promote division and strife, there is no answer good enough for you. Because if the answer you want is given, guilty on all counts, that's the answer he wanted, then you serve no purpose anymore. What am I going to do now? There's no conflict for me to start. I got an idea. I'll just say guilty on all counts isn't enough. We need more extra super jumbo guilty or something. A couple of thoughts on this and some takeaways. It's going to be an important segment here, and I encourage you to stay tuned for this, please. First, our new Attorney General Merrick Garland announced this morning that they are going to be now investigating the Minneapolis Police Department. Mark this show, mark the date. The date is Wednesday, April 21st. Please mark it on your calendar. Give it six months and I guarantee you the crime rate Minneapolis where the Justice Department will be investigating the police will explode. It's exploded already. There is an almost 100% correlation between Justice Department investigations of police departments and crime exploding after that. You doubt me? You can look it up yourself. That's takeaway number one. If you're a resident of Minneapolis and you're a taxpayer, uh, get ready. Get ready for your crime rates to explode on the streets you are paying to have secured via your tax dollars. Look it up. Just broke before I got on the air this morning. Second, for the people out there calling for justice, I don't think you understand sometimes what justice is. Justice matters most when the subject you deem to be the least deserving of justice is the one on trial. Stand by for a second on that because that's an important... I'll give you an analogy, hopefully make that easier. I, most of you get what I'm saying. I don't mean to sound in any way you know, demeaning about it. I'm sorry. But think about it in terms of free speech, right? The constitutional big R, God-given right to free speech. Does it really matter when you're in a group of people talking about how wonderful your kids are? No, because no one's trying to stop you from speaking freely about your kids because it's a pleasant conversation, right? Well, when does the big R God-given right to free speech matter? It matters when you are saying something people disagree with and are trying to stop you from saying it. Therefore, you can claim your big R God-given right to free speech, right? Again, I'm I, I I'm sorry. I don't I I know the high level people, the conservatives and libertarians in my audience get all this, but there are liberals who listen who have a tough time with this. Free speech, like justice, only matters when you're saying something people disagree with. Because there's no fight if everyone agrees. And if there's no fight, there's no right for you to have to worry about to win that fight. Well, justice works the same way. People out there who felt that Derek Chauvin and his actions deemed him not worthy of justice, that we should have a quick, almost some some people have argued for an unnecessary trial and just convict him right away. There are videos out there, people talking about this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to have true justice in this story, again, it only matters when it applies to the people you deem least worthy of justice. Think about John Adams, one of our founders, defending the British soldiers involved in the shooting incident, the massacre. He knew. That despite the fact that the public outcry against them was going to be overwhelming, that justice only mattered when the subject on trial is deemed the least worthy of justice. Just like free speech only really matters, air quotes, when there's an altercation or a confrontation about what is free speech. Free speech doesn't matter when everybody's talking about things everybody agrees with and no one's questioning if it's free. Why do I bring this up that justice matters most? Because, folks, here is the President of the United States, Joe Biden, in a video, commenting on a case. Keep in mind, this is before the jury, before the jury had come to a conclusion. Here is Joe Biden, the President of the United States, commenting on the case, again, throwing a monkey wrench into justice when he could have just shut his mouth for a few hours and given a speech afterwards. Check this out. I I can only imagine the pressure and anxiety they're feeling. Uh, And so uh, I waited till... The jury was sequestered and, uh, and I called and as uh, I wasn't going to say anything about it. But Monius uh, you know, said today on television and he accurately said it was a private conversation because uh, uh, Joe understands what it's like to go through laws and um, they're a good family and they're called for peace and tranquility, no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the the jury was sequestered now not hear me say that. This is the head of the law enforcement branch of our federal government, the executive branch, praying for the right verdict, the right verdict, right before the jury's about to release their verdict. You think that's justice? Here's my second thought on this. Listen, it's clear the defense, the lawyers defending uh, Officer Chauvin, obviously played for a hung jury. And I thought that they did a decent job installing reasonable doubt on the murder charge. But there's a process. I talk about process all the time. There have been no allegations of jury misconduct. And that is the process. The jury... Which was agreed to, obviously, by the defense and the prosecution and the judge. There been no allegations of misconduct. There's been no mistrial. They heard the evidence, evidence you and I, I didn't hear all of it. I listened to as much and watched my, as much of the trials I could, I did not hear everything. They came to a guilty on all charges verdict. But, folks, that process also allows for appeal. I think the murder to charge, I thought, was a stretch from the beginning. I have also been conclusive and have not changed my mind one bit on my interpretation of the unjustified use of force at the end here. Unlike liberals who change their minds every few minutes, I'm standing on principle on this. Having said that, the lack of a sequester for the jury who many of them may have heard Maxine Waters calling for a confrontation if the quote, you know, wrong vo- verdict, I'm not quoting her, I'm quoting my. the wrong, that's what she was implying, inciting violence. Some of them may have heard that. The speed of the jury's decision. It's interesting. Is there going to be grounds for an appeal? Folks, that's the process too. You can't argue, and I refuse to argue. I have, I, refu- I will not change what I've said from day one on this. Respect the process. We did. The process, the jurors came down with a guilty on all charges count. Whether you agree or disagree, that is the process. You can't say respect the process and then not respect the process. Secondly, the process allows for an appeal. If You think there was an overcharging and a guilty verdict on a charge that wasn't warranted by the evidence? Chauvin has the opportunity to appeal on that as well. Having said that, the speed at which they came back is odd. Buyer beware. I have been involved in multiple trials as a federal agent and a police officer. Okay. I have not been involved in a murder trial. But I have not seen or heard, knowing many police officers who have, a jury come back that quickly. Having said that, giving you the other side of it, because I like to give you both sides, when it comes down to a decision like this and the top charge is murder two and the subsequent charges, a murder three and a manslaughter charge, the elements of it are generally the same outside of a couple other factors. If you agree to the top charge, murder two, which obviously they all agreed on, the verdict had to be unanimous. The other two fell in line quickly. So there's two sides of it. Some people are saying they came back so fast. Clearly, they had already come to a decision before hearing all the evidence. And this should be grounds for appeal. That's what one side is saying. The other side saying, well, if they all agreed on the top charge, the murder two charge, the other charges right away would fall in line. Again, I owe you somewhat of a professional analysis here, given all the hysteria and the Jason Johnson, Nancy Pelosi nonsense. All right. I want to get to point three. I'm going to get to my second sponsor. But point three, I think, is the most important thing. And I don't want to get her all. Uh, Geraldo, stirring it up again because he just doesn't know anything. But again, Dunning-Kruger, the people with the least amount of competence in a certain area, talk about things in the most confident of terms. We have an article up at Bongino.com about that. I encourage you to read it. Today's show brought to you by Patriot Mobile. With corporations meddling in our democracy and canceling free speech, we need to support companies that support our values and believe in the Constitution. If you have not already Go today to patriotmobile.com slash Dan right now. When you switch today and bring your phone, you'll get 50% off your first two months plus a free Patriot starter kit. Where are you going to get a better deal than that? While you're there, enter to win a free phone and cellular service for life. All the details are on my page, patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage, uses the same towers as all those major carriers. So don't worry, you get the same great service. Plus they have plans to fit any budget, including multi-line discounts. Switching super easy. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call the US-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders save even more. Make the switch today. Get the discount, the free starter kit, and a chance to win cellular service for life with the offer code Dan. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dan, patriotmobile.com slash Dan, or call 972-PATRIOT. Okay. The most important takeaway from yesterday's trial, in my determination here, is did you notice that in the trial, and again, I did not see every second of it, but I saw a lot of it, that race and racism was never brought up, I didn't see it. Or if it was brought up, it was brought up sparingly and I missed it. So, what's really strange about this is when you're under oath as both a witness and you're asking a witness a question where they're required by law under the penalty of perjury after raising their right hand to answer a question honestly, when you're required to answer a question honestly and ask a question as a prosecutor or a defense attorney that solicits an honest response, racism was never brought up in this trial. So the lawyers didn't bring it up. The defense didn't bring it up. The prosecution didn't bring up racism. Yet every time you hear a politician on the left comment about the case, what's the first thing they bring up? I'll wait. Hold on. Let's do the counter. Wait, wait. Racism every time. So weird. Strange how that happens. What does that tell you about our society? Where when you're obligated to be truthful under the penalty of perjury in a judicial proceeding, racism never comes up. There was no mention of a documented past history of overtly racist acts by the police officer. There was no insinuation that there was a racist motive in the death of George Floyd. It wasn't, wasn't brought up. Maybe because if it was brought up and you were forced to give a truthful answer, That truthful answer wouldn't fit the leftist political narrative that everything in our society is motivated by race all the time. Everything that is all the left has. Everything to them has to be about race, because when you have to give facts under oath, they don't have them. Because as I've been saying for the last two shows, and please don't miss yesterday's show. We had a drop off when the verdict yesterday's show was important. Please go back and listen to it. I said yesterday and I said on Monday and I'll say again. When the left is confronted and forced to produce facts and data, they always, always fail. Always. I know that's categorical. I'm telling you, they always fail because they don't know anything or they're lying. Stay tuned. I'll show you a Ted Cruz clip in a few minutes, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. How when he confronts Stacey Abrams on her charge of racism, 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 she's got nothing. Nothing. Just like when you're forced in a trial to raise your right hand, no one brought up racism at all because there's no evidence of that. There was evidence of a lot of things in this case. But weird how racism never came up yet every time a politician talks on the left, it's always the first thing they mention. Tells you something about the disgraceful condition this country's in right now, thanks to identity politics and race-baiting leftists all the time. You doubt me? Here's example number 75,622.562 of race baiting with no facts to back it up at all. Here's a tweet by an attorney, um, Benjamin Crump, who there was another police shooting in Ohio yesterday of a woman who was caught on a police camera with a knife appearing to be get ready to stab another woman. Here's the tweet at attorney Crump. As we breathed a collective sigh of relief today, a community in Columbus felt the sting of another police shooting as the Columbus police killed an unarmed 15 year old black girl named Makia Bryant, another child lost another hashtag. So if you believe attorney Benjamin Crump, clear to mention race here as well in the tweet, The police killed an unarmed 15 year old black girl, which would infuriate you if you were a sane, rational person. My gosh, why would they do that? The New York Times was even um, kind enough to quote the tweet, but they left the part out. This is fascinating. Here's a piece from the New York Times. Teenage girl fatally shot by police in Columbus, officials say. They quote Benjamin Crump's tweet, but they left a certain part out. I'll tell you why in a minute. Here's what the New York Times wrote. Quoting the tweet again, quote, as we breathe the collective sigh of relief today, a community in Columbus felt the sting of another police shooting. Mr. Crump said, quote, another child lost, another hashtag. That's really interesting because they left the whole unarmed part out, the New York Times. Why? If the police shot an unarmed 15-year-old girl, that's something we in the public— The police have a monopoly on the use of force. Every use of force incident that results in injury or death should be scrutinized. Why did they leave the unarmed part out, the New York Times, in Crump's tweet? Because if you look at this photo, a still shot from the officer's body cam, highlighted there, the 15-year-old girl's hand, um, you will see a knife in a mid-stab motion. Uh, Keep that up a second because it's going to require some extra scrutiny here. So Crump suggested in his tweet that this 15-year-old girl was unarmed. Unless that is some magical extension of her right hand, some kind of superhero power she has, we're unaware of. That looks like a knife to me. In case you doubt me, because we do actual facts, unlike Ben Crump, the New York Times, and others. Here is the full video. Forgive me for the grainy video. It was taken from a press conference yesterday. Here is, by the way, just again, viewer discretion. Heavily advise you. I do not edit these videos. You are entitled to see them as the officer saw them because there are people out there trying to cause a race war in this country because they misinform you, and you are entitled to see the truth. I'm going to play this video. It's about 15 seconds of the officer's body cam confronting this 15 year old girl who, in this photo, as you you just saw. Appears to be in a mid-stab motion with a knife. I'm going to play the video now. Again, viewer discretion advised. (noise) (laughs) Tragic, of course. Of course. Now, of course, we have the uninformed Dunning Kruger crowd who know nothing about policing. But Geraldo, who says, "I don't know," he had dinner with a police captain once. That's his claim to fame in policing. That he took a ride along. A ride along. He took a ride along once. Here's Geraldo jumping right on this because that's what he does best. At Geraldo Rivera on his uh, social media account here, Twitter. As the Chauvin verdict's coming down, Columbus, Ohio cops shot and killed Makia Bryant, a black 16-year-old girl, in the act of trying to stab two other girls with a kitchen knife. All right, well. "Mm." And he goes on. The body cam footage shows three or four shots fired, killing the troubled kid. Knife found lying by her body. Why no taser? Oh, my gosh. I can't take this guy anymore. Folks, by the way, just before I get for some of you out there who think, I get this a lot on email and social media, if you think these confrontations I have with him are staged or some kind of like Fox News thing where we're all in cahoots, like, hey, let's have a fake argument on TV. I'm telling you on everything in my heart, my soul, on my integrity, I'll mail you my right up. There is nothing staged about any of that. I genuinely dislike Geraldo's really stupid opinions on these matters. If you think that's an act, you don't know me. I'm getting tired of Dunning-Kruger ignoramuses who don't understand anything about use of force continuums and haven't spent five minutes in policing, calling out a cop who literally probably just saved a woman's life, who was about to be stabbed. When someone is using force that could result in a serious physical injury, a knife in the hand, or death, can we all agree that a knife is a means to inflict serious physical injury or death? Can we just stop a second and process that? Does anyone listening to the show seriously question that? That if you are stabbed, the injury will be serious or you could die? Anyone? When you engage in an activity, a stabbing or potential stabbing that could cause a serious physical injury or death, which we all agree a knife is, police use of force rules pretty much all over the world dictate that the officer can use deadly force to stop you from killing or seriously physically injuring someone else. Geraldo clearly doesn't know that because a taser is not deadly force. Deadly force is authorized in situations like that to stop the killing of another person. A police officer, listen to me here, please. Geraldo, open your ears for a minute. Take the cotton out of your ears and stick it in that mouth of yours. A police officer is under no obligation whatsoever to use an equal amount of force in a scenario where de- where a, a serious physical injury could result. You may say to yourself, that doesn't sound right, Dan. Does it? You sure? It doesn't sound right? So you're suggesting to me if a woman pulls out a knife and is in mid-stab from all appearances from that video in the still shot, could kill the woman, right? Probably would. You're suggesting that The officer should do what? Take out his own knife and engage in a knife fight? Like this is some kind of Zorro movie? Are you really that stupid? Police are authorized to use a superseding amount of force to stop someone from killing or seriously physically injuring someone else. If you're bashing someone in the head with a baseball bat and the fatal blow is coming down, you're suggesting the police officer should get out his PR 24 baton and engage in like a, a stick fight like this is a, a, a Dan in a Santo Arnis uh, uh, seminar? Are you really that stupid? Unfortunately, some people are. And believe me, I have the dumbest tweet I have ever seen in the history of stupid tweets coming up next. I'm not kidding. This is saying a lot. Showing you again, Dunning-Kruger, how the least competent people opine on subjects they have no knowledge about and do it with the most confidence, i.e. Geraldo. <sighs> Gosh, can we get back to a sane, normal society for just five minutes, please? Take a breather here. All right, folks. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at uh, Omaha Steaks. Listen, Mother's Day is almost here and it's about spending quality time with the moms we love. I know I love um, my mom and my kid's mom who happens to be my wife. Plan ahead and send mom exactly what she craves this year, the mouth-watering Let's Go grill package. Visit omahasteaks.com and enter keyword Bongino in the search bar to order today. This package includes our signature butcher cut filet mignons, apple tartlets, and so much more. Plus, you'll get the tasty bonus of these of 12 ultra juicy. Listen, these are the best Omaha Steaks burgers free. That's almost four pounds of free burgers. You'll never eat another burger again. To top it off, you'll also get $20 off your first order. Treat mom to the best steak of her life, guaranteed. Visit omahasteaks.com and use code BONGINO in the search bar. Don't forget that. And Give your mom something she'll absolutely love. Plus, get 12 free, delicious, mouth-watering, my go-tos. I make a double burger out 12 free Omaha Steaks burgers and $20 off a checkout on your first order. Can't beat that. This special Mother's Day package is selling out fast, so don't wait and miss out. That's omahasteaks.com. Keyword, BONGINO in the search bar. OmahaStakes.com keyword Bongino in the search bar. Don't forget. Okay, so sadly, we've opened the show with a series of dumb takes, stupid tweets, Dunning Kruger uh, examples. We could write a textbook on Dunning Kruger. You may say you have something even worse. Yes, this may be the single dumbest tweet I have ever seen in the what are we at the one thousand five hundred and fourth episode of the Dan Bongino show. This is real. This is an at Newsom Newsome uh, at, on Twitter. This is a verified blue checkmark account. So she's got to be smart. Blue checkmark. This is a real tweet. Quote about this knife uh, use of force incident. Teenagers have been having fights, including fights involving knives for eons. We do not need police to address these situations by showing up to the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that sincerely.
4: Ugh. Uh.
1: So, um, you know, like I used to do aikido when I was younger. I got out of it for jujitsu and stuff, and they, you know, like centered the, the, the key or something like that. You know, centered you. How do you even respond to the near an in infinite level of stupid just displayed in that? So don't call the police when your kids about to get stabbed to death. Now, if I may. I'm sorry I don't mean to take you on an emotional roller coaster in the show, but sometimes that's just the way things enter my melon here. My head is just sometimes crammed full of information. And it's going to get out somehow. If I may tell a quick but brief personal story involving this. It's true. Obviously, or else I wouldn't tell it. We grew up in Glendale, New York, which was always a working class, lower middle class, I'd say. But middle class kind of neighborhood in uh, Queens, New York. That's where I spent the youngest portion of my life when we left Long Island and my parents divorced. But there were a lot of tough kids in Glendale. Graffiti was big. Graffiti gangs were big. My wife always gets a kick out of uh, when I tell her the gang we started, we were kids. It was called um, AAC, um, Art and Crime. Yes. And when we were kids in Glendale, kids were proud of being part of a criminal syndicate because you're idiots when you're kids, including me. It was pretty stupid in my childhood. We did a lot of dumb stuff. I'm actually glad I did it, not because it was right, but because I learned from it and I'd be a different person now. But the neighborhood could get rough at times. There were a lot of gangs around there. A lot of really, really rough kids. So my youngest brother one time was in a pizza place, Glendale Pizza. It's on Myrtle Avenue. Some of you who are from Queens and Glendale are listening to the show right now going, gosh, I didn't know Dan Bongino was from Glendale, Queens. Yes, I am. My family owned a bar at 64th Place in Myrtle called Gibby's Bar, which was about six or seven blocks down from Glendale Pizza. But my brother was sitting there eating pizza. I don't know how old he was at the time. Maybe, maybe I don't even think he was 13. I'm not sure. I'd have to ask him. And he looks outside the window and one of these really, really tough kids from our neighbor, this kid was, was about as hard rock as they come, gets into a fight with this, I think he was a Ukrainian immigrant guy because there just had been this rivalry around and right in front of my brother, he stabs him. I believe he killed him. I think it was, I, I he, he stabbed him. Folks, this is not hyperbolic. Right in front of my brother. Stabbed him to death. My brother was forced to testify at the trial. Uh, they came to our house. We lived alone. It's complicated. It's not a sob story, but we didn't live with our parents at the time. I was, I don't know how old I was, 18, 17, who knows? But the police came to my house, chased my brother, my other brother. He exited a side window to get away from them. My brother fell on Metropolitan Avenue trying to get away from him on ice. They wound up taking him into, you know, custody, not because he was under arrest, because they wanted to get a statement from him. This all happened. Guy died. But Bree Newsom on Twitter is suggesting that, yeah, a guy pulls out a knife in the street. Maybe we should just let them duke it out. Swashbucklers, you know, Zorro style, right? She thinks it's West Side Story. People die every day from brutal, grotesque knife wounds that escalate from minor street fights into homicides. But Bree Newsom wouldn't know that. She thinks we should just ignore that. Let the cops just ignore the knife fights and we can do kind of a, you know, Pirates of Penzance or whatever in the middle of the street the Jets and the Sharks. This is what passes for commentary these days. Okay, let me do this because I want to fire right through this next one because it's important. Ladies and gentlemen, as I said, everything to the left is about race. They will not be happy until racial strife in this country is redlined, peaked out. So I'm going to show you some video of Ted Cruz again asking Stacey Abrams to actually back up her charges of racism. Stacey Abrams, you know, the fake governor of Georgia. She lost the governor's race. She's a Democrat to Brian Kemp. Still insists the election was stolen from her in Georgia. I thought we weren't allowed to talk about stolen elections, folks. <laughs> Come on. If you're a Democrat, you can talk about whatever you want. Let me get to my last sponsor. I'll show you the video. I want to fire through that. And, uh. I want to show you also some video of Representative Republican Representative Burgess Owens from Utah laying waste to the Democrats on their ridiculous racism charges on this Georgia law. <sighs> My blood pressure is through the roof because I'm getting so fired up. Listen, let's face it. Taking trips to the post office is probably not how you want to spend your time. That's why I recommend mailing and shipping online at stamps.com. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. We'd be lost without it in our business here. Send letters, ship packages, and pay a lot less with discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer right there. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business. Whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. When your mail's ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's really that simple. With Stamps.com, you get incredible discounts, up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Why would you pay more? Not to mention, Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a genuine no-brainer. It saves you time and money. It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses are already using Stamps.com. Don't waste any more time going to the post office. Go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with my promo code, Dan, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com. Click on that microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Dan. That's stamps.com. Use promo code Dan. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Thanks, stamps.com. Okay. As I said to you with the left, nothing is about facts. Everything is about race, and they will not be happy until racial strife in this country has reached a... A, a an infinity differential equations type asymptote at the top. They will blow it up as much as they can. But when you ask them to produce the facts, they don't do it. Here's the evidence. There was a hearing yesterday on the Georgia law, the Georgia voter integrity law, which is now passed and signed, uh, th- th- thankfully. So Senator Ted Cruz, he's had kind of enough of the leftist BS. So Stacey Abrams, fake governor of Georgia, is testifying right there in the, in the uh, hearing yesterday. And uh, she keeps claiming that this Georgia law, which basically asks for voter ID and makes it easier to vote, just very hard to cheat, you know, voter ID, which is pretty standard, right? Produce an ID. You got to produce an ID to buy uh, allergy medication at a pharmacy. You should probably have to produce ID to vote. Pretty fair, right? But Stacey Abrams thinks this is racist. They think it's Jim Crow. So here's first Ted Cruz pinning Stacey Abrams down on if she thinks... Her election in Georgia, when she lost, was stolen. Check this out.
0: Uh, Ms. Abrams, it's been over two years, and you still refuse to concede that you lost the race for governor in Georgia in 2018. You have said that, quote, you do not concede that the process was proper, and that, quote, they stole it from the voters of Georgia. Yes or no, today, do you still maintain that the 2018 Georgia election was stolen?
4: As I've always said, I acknowledged at the very beginning that I, that Brian Kemp won under the rules that were in place. What I object to are rules that permitted thousands of Georgia voters to be denied their participation in this election or to have their votes cast out. And so I will continue to disagree with the system until it is fixed. We have seen marked progress made, and unfortunately, it was undone in SB 202. But I will continue to advocate for a system that permits every eligible Georgian to cast their ballots. M- M- have- M-
1: I thought, I don't know, I thought we weren't allowed because the media likes to tell us what we're allowed and not allowed to do. Um, I just give the media the double-barreled finger and talk about what I want because I'm an actual constitutionalist who actually believes in free speech, unlike our new Pravda-like totalitarian media. But I was told by them that we were not allowed to talk about stolen elections. Yet Stacey Abrams is still insisting that somehow she's the governor of Georgia and the election was stolen. So nice job with Ted Cruz, who I, I see what he did there. He's obviously much smarter harder than Stacey Abrams, who I don't know if she doesn't realize she's being set up here, uh, but she was. She didn't see it coming uh, because Stacey Abrams like, oh, you know, President Trump lost. Don't you dare say it's a stolen election. Stacey, was your election stolen? My election was stolen. Missed the kind of a disconnect there. Here's part two of this. So Ted Cruz, who outsmarts her, asked Stacey Abrams about you know, you think this new Georgia voter ID law? You think it's racist? Is there a turnout problem in Georgia amongst Black voters? Because if there is, I, I I haven't um I haven't heard about it. And listen to Stacey Abrams totally faceplant when she has to produce facts indicating that Georgia's got some pattern of racism in stopping blacks from voting. Check this out.
0: So you also told the New York Times that your loss quote was fully attributable to voter suppression. Ms. Abrams, do you know in Georgia whether the percentage of of African-American Georgians who are registered to vote and who turned out to vote, is it higher or lower than the national average?
4: It is higher than the national average because Georgia is one of the largest states with an African-American population.
0: But That's not tied to the size of the population. The percentage of black Georgians who are registered to vote in 2018 is 64.7%. That compares to 60.2% as the national average. The percentage of Georgians who voted in 2018, the election you claim was stolen from you, was 56.3%. That's higher than the national average of 48%. Let me ask you this, Ms. Abrams. In 2018, do you know which demographic group in Georgia had the highest registration percentage and the highest turnout percentage?
4: I have a guess, but I will defer to you for the answer.
0: The answer is African-Americans had the highest registration and the highest turnout, despite your claiming that the election was stolen and there was somehow voter suppression.
1: You ever get the feeling you're getting played if you're a liberal? You ever get that feeling? The Chauvin trial and the death of George Floyd was endlessly discussed in liberal circles in terms of racism. Yet racism never comes up at the trial when there are actual facts and criminal penalties on the line for misstating facts. Weird, right? And yet when, again, you're under oath in some proceeding in the Senate as well, and you're asked to back up your case that Georgia's a racist state where blacks are being prevented from voting and Ted Cruz shows that black turnout in Georgia is actually higher. By the way, Stacey Abrams doesn't understand somehow the difference between percentages and raw numbers. Very strange. Um, She can't back that up. Do you ever get the feeling when you're a liberal ever when you wake up that your whole life is a lie? Because it is. You just don't know anything. Or you do know and you do know a lot about a lot of things, and you're a liar. There's no option three or C. Option A, you're a moron. Option B, you're not a moron, but you're a liar. Option C, I'm just kidding, doesn't exist. Moron liar. Some people have emailed me and said, no, Dan, there is an option C. Both. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe a moronic liar. They see him and says nothing. She has nothing there. This is the same same topic, different uh, branch of government. This is Burgess Owens, who is a. Congressman, Republican, happens to be black, matters not to me or any Republican because we actually judge people on their character. But to the Democrats, race is everything, everything. And racism is everything, despite having really a hard time backing up their racism claims with actual facts. Here's Burgess Owens, who objects strongly to this hearing about the Georgia voter integrity law being categorized as a Jim Crow law. Here's a black Republican who's actually lived Through the horrors and tragedy of Jim Crow, dropping an absolute hammer on these idiots and calling uh, calling them out for what they are, buffoons for calling this a Jim Crow hearing. Check this out. But as someone who's actually experienced
2: Jim Crow laws, I'd like to set the record straight on the myth regarding the recently passed Georgia state law and why any comparison between this law and Jim Crow is absolutely outrageous. Here are a few examples of my own life, of what Jim Crow laws actually looked like. At the age of 12, my father allowed me to participate in a demonstration with college students in front of the segregated Florida State Theater, where because of our color, we could not enter. I was the youngest participant there. Only 50 years later did I learn that my father had parked across the street to watch and make sure I was safe. In the seventh grade, my school never received new books. Instead, we received books from the all-white school across town. At service stations, there were white men-only restrooms, white women-only restrooms, and a filthy restroom in the back of the station for Black Americans designated as colored. In addition, Jim Crow laws like poll tax, property tests, literacy tests, and violence intimidation at the polls made it nearly impossible for Black Americans to vote. The section of the Georgia law that has brought so much outrage from the left it simply requires any person applying for absentee ballot to include evidence of a government-issued ID on their application. If a voter does not have a driver's license or ID card, that voter can use a current utility bill, bank statement, government check, paycheck, or any other government document that shows a name and address of this voter.
1: Representative Owens goes on to explain after schooling the Democrats on the indignities of Jim Crow about how displaying a utility bill, a driver's license, a social security number. If you believe that asking people to do that is racist, then you are in fact basically a racist yourself because you're somehow hinting black people aren't smart enough to do that, which sounds kind of racist to me because it is. Now, here's this senator from Utah, Senator Mike Lee, friend of mine. Mike Lee pointing out in this brief clip that Jim Crow, which the Democrats titled their hearing yesterday, discussing again a voter integrity bill in Georgia, that Jim Crow was supported by Southern Democrats. This may be news to the young liberals who recently found my show that the history of Jim Crow laws and the indignity of colored uh, lunch counters, colored bathrooms, Colored water fountains, the disgrace and stain on our history was brought about by who?
3: Yes, Democrats. Listen to this. We have to remember that it was, in fact, Republicans who pushed through the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments of the Constitution following the Civil War. 13th Amendment, getting rid of slavery. 14th Amendment, guaranteeing all Americans, and including black Americans, uh, including black Americans who had been slaves and those who would not equal protection under the laws, and including the 15th Amendment, guaranteeing Black Americans the right to vote. These had a significant effect. They were enacted with great opposition coming from the Democratic Party. We got them through.
1: I know, you know, history and facts and reading and research are troubling things to liberals. But that just happens to be a historical fact that you'll never change. The history of Jim Crow is the history of the Democrat Party. Sad, but true. So it's kind of fascinating that the Democrats would title a hearing on a voter integrity bill, Jim Crow, when it was their party. Their party that advanced Jim Crow laws. You know what they say is facts. Those are stubborn things. Gee, I'm going to jump to the end if it's all right with you. Actually, even if it's not all right with you, I'm still going to jump to the end anyway. But I wanted to be nice about it, not to be rude. Because when Paula was doing that, she would like launch something at me if I dare. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Let's do the Fox Business uh, Rumble thing. Uh, just before I get to that at the end, because I, I again, I want to assure you, I want to leave you with a little bit of good news. It's been a loaded show. Today's been very heavy. I'm going to, some of the other stuff I had planned, I'm going to have to get to tomorrow, including stunning, stunning hypocrisy by the squad. Even for the squad, this is stunning. The hypocrisy. I got to get to it tomorrow, though. I don't want to I don't want to shortcut it at all. But before I get to our last story on Rumble, the explosion in Rumble, and how we're all waking up, uh, I want to thank my friends in the Secret Service. My friend Tony, he sent me their new coin from the New York field office. Look at that. It's in the shape of our original Secret Service badge when we were in Treasury. Do I have that there? Yeah, look, I do. I have my actual original badge of it. I, we, the camera can't can't go up there but who knows maybe i'll show you tomorrow but they've got a really cool uh coin there uh thank you even the back of it's nice has the old uh trade center towers brooklyn bridge so thank you for sending them all right so here's a some good news to end the show with you know i don't like to leave you in any kind of a bad mood world's a troubled place sometimes but a lot of good things happening you know i'm an investor in rumble which is a free speech alternative to youtube uh folks people are waking up it's working Look at this Fox business story. Be in my newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe free to our newsletter, we have some great stories there. YouTube rival Rumble is seeing tremendous growth and welcomes users on the left or the right, the Rumble CEO says. Again, I'm an investor in Rumble. We welcome users on the left or right because shockingly, we believe in free speech. That's a stunner to the totalitarian left. Now, why am I bringing this up? To celebrate rumble? Well, yeah, a little bit, but because the left is terrified of this. I am not kidding. The left is horrified that the beatings will continue until morale improves approach to social media is not working. In other words, the left is, you will stay on our platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, run by liberal Pravda lunatics. And if you dare create your own parlor, rumble, whatever it may be, if you dare do that, we will get you expelled from planet Earth and sent to the phantom zone. It drives them crazy that Rumble has been a runaway success. How do I know that? You know, this Washington Post, uh, they did this profile on me yesterday, right? So here's the headline. I, I, I don't, I'm covering this for a reason. You can see it. Some, some of you read the story. It's in yesterday's newsletter. The Washington Post profile is about my role in Rumble parlor and other investments I've made in creating a parallel economy to get away from leftist lunatics (laughs) folks. I am not kidding. If you have a spare moment today and you want to laugh and cry at the same time, read the 1,400 comments on this Washington post article. They are deranged. If you ever had, we're living in some delusional alternate universe some like Thanos, like alternate Infinity Stones universe where you thought liberals were sane. Read the comments. They are insane on this post article. Here are just three. I didn't even know which three to pick because they were all insane. But here's three comments about an article in the Washington Post about me building a parallel economy so we can get away from liberal nutbags. Here's a comment by The Union One. He says, Who knew that racist libertarian losers lying to other racist libertarian losers was so profitable? I don't know. I didn't know that because I don't know any racist libertarian losers, but the union one knows. Here's MDB one nine six four in the Washington Post. Should not laugh at this. This is not funny. I'm, the, but it's about me, so I can, I can, I don't even. This is like when I laugh when I get blood taken because I hate it so much. This is an actual comment. MDB one nine six four. He says about again in the Washington Post article about me. It's never good when you find yourself cheering on cancer, but here I am doing just that. Gosh, these people are insane. <laughs> these. People are insane. Dan Gino wants to start a parallel economy to get away from Soviet style communists. I'm cheering on the cancer. I hope it kills him. Okay. Whatevs brother. Here is Rourke. C H. Yet another right-wing nut job who makes a great living out of lying and promoting conspiracy theories. He's writing this in the Washington Post. That's hilarious. To all the ignorant and hateful Republicans out there, there is just no end to blaming and whining by the right. Folks, these people are sociopaths. I'm dead serious. Move as quickly as you can away from lunatic liberal spaces, get away from any company that prescribes to these social justice warrior values immediately because the people you're dealing with are sociopathic nut job communists. There's no easy way to say it. Those are just three of the, of the comments. The left is now cheering on cancer. Oh my gosh, crazy. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Again, I appreciate all your support. My upcoming radio show, we're about to launch May 24th. Putting it together out there. We'll be on radio stations across the country, 12 noon to 3P. If you want to hear the show, please contact your local radio stations. Ask them, are you going to play the Dan Bongino show? We appreciate all your support. We're adding affiliates everywhere. There's going to be a lot of them. And we will have, I'm getting a lot of emails. Dan, where can we find your radio show? May 24th when it launches. We will have a station finder at Bongino.com ready to roll before launch. Make it real convenient. We're hoping to make it super simple. The great Paula Bongino, my wife, she's putting it together because she's a brilliant web designer. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And by the way, Rumble. Go to Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. Help us out. Get away from YouTube. Follow our account there free. Thanks.
0: I'll see you tomorrow.
1: You just heard Dan Bongino.